back, everyone, to episode 11 of the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Notre Dame faces off against Louisville this week. Tonight's episode, we're going to cover the overall landscape and the weekend scores of college football. We're going to recap the bad and then the good of the Florida State game. And we will, of course, preview the next opponent of the Fighting Irish the Louisville Cardinals. So strap yourselves in, get ready for a little bit of a ro- roller coaster ride tonight. Let's go, Irish. Three wide receivers right. They're gonna go for two. Back to throw. Walks, looks, 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 has the time, lost the ball, the pass is batted down. It's batted down by two. Dolson open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown! Notre Dame! Somehow the Irish did it! Out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye, baby! At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, bye-bye, rocket touchdown, Irish! Zimbikowski looking for a block, touch to the right to the 40, gets a block, gets to the 45, 50, up to the 45, 40, 30, one man to beat, 20, 15, 10, he's done to the 5, touchdown, Irish! What is going on, fighting Irish faithful, Joe is back and in the studio a little bit early this week uh like i said in last week's episode it is the doc's birthday this week and i got some festivities and activities and just shit to do uh to prepare for her birthday so uh wanted to give you all uh the attention uh, not quite as much attention as she's gonna get but uh you're all gonna get some attention right now that's why you're getting the podcast a little early this week so Thank you, everyone, for joining me to the Fighting Irish Faithful show. I really have a good time doing this podcast. I, I won't lie. I uh, I tend to critique and listen to it um, to kind of say, oh, if I did this a little better, or, oh, right here, that's a little screw up, you know, what have you. There are these little things that I try to work on every episode, want to make it better, and I just, quite frankly, am enjoying doing this. So thank you for joining me. Uh, if you're new, welcome and you're either listening to this on your smartphone uh, via the YouTube channel at Fighting Irish Faithful or on Anchor or on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're picking this up. Maybe you heard it uh, streaming in a hotel lobby because you're just a world traveler. Who knows? But uh, welcome to everyone. So uh, the intro song tonight was by my second favorite band, Iron Maiden. And that song, Different World, when I was in college on my iTunes, uh, after Notre Dame would win, I would run to my room and I would hit play and I would play the fight song. Now, based on where the Notre Dame fight song was, that song by Iron Maiden would always just play next, like just in sequence in my playlist for some reason. And so it has this strange connection in my mind to Notre Dame winning a game. So Notre Dame won last week, so I figured, you know what, it's a good song, I like it, I like Iron Maiden, Uh, so here we go, I thought it was appropriate, so there you go. So uh, tonight's whiskey, we're doing a Kirkland blended scotch. It's not the 12-year aged one, it is instead the $18 one. It's still 1.75 liters. It is a blended scotch whiskey. The bottle does not tell you how many years it has been aged, and neither does its taste. However, it is probably the best $18 you can ever spend. It's quite decent. Um, it's really good. It, it sips really well. It's not harsh. 
it doesn't have any like weird chemically taste if if chemically is a word probably isn't but uh it's a really good scotch for for the price you pay it's pretty darn good so uh thank you costco so i uh i asked some of you uh for some uh suggestions for birthday presents i don't think i got a single one but that's okay uh we did get the birthday festivities planned out we got the gifts have either arrived via the postal service or other courier delivery uh people uh, or they shall be arriving tomorrow per the tracking uh, information on the interweb. So uh, we are covered there. So uh, hopefully we have another victory in the Fighting Irish Faithful household this uh, this week with uh, the birthday of the dock being celebrated. But enough about me and my personal life and my online shopping adventures. Uh, let's get into some Notre Dame football. So Notre Dame is victorious. Uh, 3-0, and baby. That's all that matters. Uh, we are 42-26 to over Florida State and Mike Norvell, and uh, they're going to struggle again probably this weekend too. So Notre Dame moves up to number four in the AP. I mean, how great is that? If the playoff was today, it would be Notre Dame and Clemson battling for the ACC and Georgia and Alabama for the SEC. And then it's kind of like a BCS kind of situation after that. Uh, one thing that I noticed, if you look at the rankings, three of the top five teams are all ACC. Clemson, of course, number one, Notre Dame, number four, and North Carolina is number five. Alabama is sitting at number two and Georgia at number three. Personally, I think those should be swapped. I think Georgia has a much more solid defensive team than Alabama does this year. Uh, although Alabama's getting a lot of style points, they put up a lot of points against Old Miss. But one of those teams will be losing next week since Alabama and Georgia are playing. And Notre Dame should move up, assuming that they beat Louisville and take care of business there. So let's go Irish. Now, okay, I have to have a rant. Before we get into talking about Louisville, before we recap the Florida State game, I listen to other podcasts, I listen to other people on TV, on you know ESPN, what have you, and people are mispronouncing how to spell the Louisville Cardinals name. I know this sounds weird coming from the guy who's from California, but I have known two people in my life and they have both corrected me on how to properly say Louisville. It is not Louisville. It's not Louisville. It is Louisville. It has to like come from the back of your throat, right? You have to kind of sound kind of goofy there from the Ohio Valley and Kentucky or whatever. But there are two people. One was a man named Grady. Grady, I think he works for Top Flight or Titleist or some golf ball company and he studies aerodynamics. Very smart guy. He was from Louisville, and then my old neighbor, Amanda, who's not old at all. She's about our age. Unfortunately, they moved away, but she's a doctor of physical therapy and a former uh, Hawaiian Tropic and Bud Light model. So uh, both very uh, reputable people, both from the Louisville area or Evansville, which is basically northern Kentucky. So they both have the have instilled in me how to properly pronounce that town. All right, 
rant over. Actually, that's not true. Uh, think of it this way. When in Rome, say the name as the people there say it. For example, we say Notre Dame. Well, it probably should be French and be Notre Dame du Lac or, or something like that. And I'm, that's my terrible French accent. Or it's not Spokane, Washington. It's Spokane, Washington, right? Say it as you were if you lived there, right? When in Rome. All right. Rant now officially over. So it was a fun weekend in college football. I won't lie. Um, lots of fun games going on. Lots of good entertaining games to watch. If you just wanted to sit on the couch, there was a lot to flip back and forth between. Personally, I kind of like it when Notre Dame plays a little later. I'm able to get a lot of shit done in the day. Uh, take care of that honey-do list, if you know what I mean. Um, and so I know last week I kind of bitched about why the game was uh, kind of later. Um, but honestly, it was really nice. This was uh, the Doc Works weekends. Uh, taking care of uh, people's uh, health and uh, but she was able to come home and was able to watch the game it was the first game she's watched from start to finish with me so that was kind of special but Clemson uh, beat Miami 42-17 that's always a good thing um, I highly dislike Miami Miami is my third most hated team number one is USC and number two is Michigan so screw the hurricane um, go Tigers then Alabama beat Mississippi State 63-48. to Gosh, talk about a points-gasm there. Um, and over Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, man, that it was a really close game. kind of went back and forth for a while, but then, of course, Alabama just pulled away. Tennessee and Georgia. I actually thought this was going to be an upset this week. I think Tennessee has some good things cooking in their stew right there. But Georgia, again, proving why they are a solid team under Kirby Smart. And they put Tennessee on lockdown 27 points to zero in the second half. I mean, that's very impressive uh, for Georgia. So good on them. Surprisingly, Florida falls to Texas A&M, which allows Notre Dame to move up. And I think Jimbo Fisher is out of his hot seat over at Texas A&M with that uh, solid victory. I think that's a a win against a, a top five team that Texas A&M hasn't had in a really long time. So good, good for them. And then Oklahoma versus Texas four overtimes. I mean, that game comes so early in the season, this red river rivalry or red river shootout. I don't even know what they call it now, but um, it always catches me off guard. Like, Oh man, Oklahoma and Texas are playing. Like it, it seems so quick early in the season. Um, but uh yeah, that game was good too. And then last but not least, LSU falling to Missouri. Mizzou kind of has a, a special place in my heart. Don't really know why, but they just kind of do. Um, and I actually predicted that they would lose this game and that they would lose in general um, this season. I knew they would be bad, but I didn't think they would be this bad, you know, with only one win under the belt at this point. Um, clearly LSU lost Joe Burrow. They lost a bunch of other talent on their team to the NFL and whatnot. Um, and, but the biggest thing is they lost Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda, of course, is coaching at Baylor now. And he came from Wisconsin in 2016 to be the defensive coordinator of LSU independent of 
the contract that Les Miles had. And Les Miles, of course, was fired in 2016 while Brian Kelly was retained still by Notre Dame. But that's another conversation altogether. But uh, I think LSU is going to lose also this week, too, because they're going down to Florida, into Gainesville, into the swamp. I think LSU is going to have a real rocky road this season and not just a rocky road to Dublin because they ain't going to be playing Notre Dame because Notre Dame's kicking ass and flying high. Woohoo! Speaking of rocky roads, uh, Notre Dame. All right, let's let's get into this game. Notre Dame. Let's cover the bad. All right. If you listen, remember listening to last week's podcast, I said there were two things that Notre Dame needed to achieve other than a win, of course, but they needed to cover the spread. The spread was 20 and a half points and they needed to limit Florida State to under 14 points. Neither of those two things happen. Florida State is not a good team right now, okay? They have one win and it's to, I think, Southeast Missouri Tech all girls blind college or something all right no offense to blind women or anything like that but there are many things that happened in this game right at the beginning in the first half that really upset me and twitter was just a mess people were talking about drinking heavily um doc had something really funny to say there were just multiple things going on in this game that really ticked me off and set me off the second play from scrimmage Notre Dame fumbles and we lose the ball and Notre Dame ultimately lost the turnover margin battle we had two fumbles versus one interception so minus one on the year this is totally in contrast to where we were last season and certainly is unacceptable ultimately that first fumble led to a field goal by Florida State and then fortunately Notre Dame did come back and score twice more right after that and it looked like we were ready to blow this bitch wide open here but then it starts to go south real quick here we shut them down after going up 14 to 3 we then hold them to three and out on defense so good on defense it looks like we're heading the right direction they punt and then on the ensuing punt return we fumble the ball it was crazy they pick it up right away and then they go ahead down the field immediately they they score right this is a special teams breakdown and if you recall from the duke game notre dame was really in a slump they were really rusty and the only thing that got them out of it was a fake punt by our punter and then from there we took over all right this is kind of the opposite thing that could have happened to Notre Dame, all right? We botch the punt return. They get it. They score immediately. It was ridiculous. And then we go three and out on our next drive after they score, and the the score is 14 to 10. We go three and out, and at that point, it was third and two, and we pass. Why the hell did we pass on three and two? I went back and I looked at the stats. We had run six running plays and we had amassed 125 yards rushing for an average of 20.8 yards. Okay, I realize there's two really big runs in there, but even then, look at the small ones. One yard, two yards, three yards, eight yards. All right, that's over three yards average by just even those little plays, not to mention the two really large ones. We have a great offensive line. Why the 
frick are we passing on third and two at that part of the field? It's, it's just stupid. Bad play calling. Tommy, Tommy Reese, bad. Tommy, no. All right. But then Florida State goes 71 yards after we punt in four frickin' plays, and they take the lead 17-14. I was losing my shit, all right? However, we did turn things around, so that's good. One other minor thing, it's not really a rant, it's not really, I'm not complaining too much about this, but it definitely shows some of our youth on the team. A um, little bit of constructive criticism to Chris Tyree. I know, I know, I've been giving him a lot of praise the last couple weeks, and I'm going to give him some more in a minute, but... He needs to understand some growth here. He's not Reggie Bush, and he tried to do the freshman thing where you hand the ball off and he just runs to the outside corner. On Notre Dame's last drive, it was a really good drive down the field right after the Sean Crawford interception. We go all the way down the field, and we get down to like the two or something, and we hand it off on fourth down, and I do think Kelly did the right thing and went for it on fourth and goal right there, tried to score, and I think... I would have done the same thing, but Chris Tyree runs to the edge and of course gets stopped. Now what's interesting about that play, when you watch the replay, he actually could have done two things. One, he could have actually possibly made it. It looked like he slipped right at the three as he's making his cut and then he got hit and so that slowed him down and therefore what he didn't get it. Or what he could have done is cut back towards his linemen who were blocking down and he could have... Um, found a seam and gone into the end zone there with a dive or something like that. So um, had that happened, I think Notre Dame would have scored. So if you look at some of the bad, all right, there was a field goal that Florida State got from our first turnover. Then there was another touchdown they got after our three and out. And then the other botched punt return. There are 17 points right there for Florida State that they should not have gotten. And then if we had run some different plays, I think Notre Dame could have had another touchdown. Personally, I think the score should have been 49-10, to 10, not 42-26. to 26. However, the score is what it is. Uh, that is now what the history books are, and we're not going to rewrite it. So let's talk about some goodness here, all right? Because it ultimately, it was a good win. We did beat Florida State. It's always great to beat them. We don't like the Seminoles. Screw them. All right, let's do some really good things here. Notre Dame, on their first touchdown in three plays, score a touchdown. We have a quick strike run, a 65-yard run by Kyrene Williams on his second touch ever. This is really nice because his first touch, he fumbles. His second touch, he goes 65 yards, and then ultimately... Uh, Mike Mayer scores a touchdown. I saw on Twitter, I don't know who it was. Uh, I wish I could give credit to him. But uh, someone said Mike Mayer is a cheat code, like it's Madden or, or Tech, Tech Mobile or something like that. I thought that was brilliant. So that definitely got a retweet from me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at faithful underscore Irish. One other positive sign is that Kyron Williams also had a 46-yard touchdown um, and this is the play that uh, took us up 14 to three. It was the run where Tommy Tremble is running around looking for someone to block and there's no one there. It, it's really good. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, we're scoring really quick and it's almost like we have two Josh Adams here because Chris Tyree also had a 45 yard touchdown run. I mean, we're, we're grinding out these plays and, and we're, 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 
finding these massive holes. We have great linemen, and it's it's fantastic. I love it. One thing that was really fun to see is Notre Dame is scoring, doing kind of some power running, and they've got counter plays going on. You had the 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 tackle pulling and going down the line, going into the hole. And Tony Dungy really talked a lot about this if you watched the broadcast. It took me back to my high school days um, at Damien where uh, we had a play. It was called 45 Counter, and I loved running that play. Uh, we ran kind of a wing T style offense. I was a Z receiver, and the base formation is I was on the tight end side. We always had one tight end in every play, and I would be offset from him. And 45 counter, I if it was, uh, you know, right quick, 45 counter would have been a play. I was on the right-hand side, and um, I would uh, step back once with my left foot and then down the line, right behind the tackle, receive the handoff, and then into the hole and then ready to make a move and a juke on a linebacker. Um, I had one touchdown my entire high school career. That was when I was on the JV team my junior year. Uh, and I think it was like a 40 yard run. So it was fantastic. So good times there, uh, taking me back with the counter play. So uh, to my old high school glory days. So, uh, which by the way, I have decided for Halloween, um, of course in a professional, uh, landscape, uh, you have to be a little creative with your Halloween costumes. Um, and of course with COVID, that's another thing going on, but, uh, I'm going to be wearing my high school letterman's jacket and get it into dress code. Uh, and like I'm in high school. So uh, that's going to be my uh, Halloween costume this year. One thing that was kind of funny about this game is the first half, we clearly go in with a lead 35 to 20 over Florida State. And it was very big 12-y, the kind of uh, way the game was going. It was a lot of quick strikes, a lot of offense, a lot of yards, not a whole lot of gritting it out defense, kind of grinding out the play. You know, the I think there were about 450 yards total by both teams, almost a thousand yards of offense, um, kind of all over the place there. Um, but that I thought was quite unique and not very characteristic of Notre Dame historically. At the start of the third quarter, Florida State comes out, they score a touchdown. Um, but then right after that first drive, we lock them down. It was really, really great. Um, thank you, Clark Lee. You're doing a really good job. You're adapting to what the opponent is doing. And the defense is, again, carrying this team. Stopping the opponent is really good. I hope they can maintain that as they move forward and play better talent in the ACC. That is coming around the corner here. The best moment for our defense in this game is right at the end. Florida State is grinding out clock. Six and a half minute drive. They go 12 plays down into the red zone, and then they throw an interception. Sean Crawford, our captain, he takes it and runs it down, and we we get that interception. Um, it was a re- that was the nail in the coffin that killed it for them. They had no chance. And right after that is when we used another six plus minute drive to. Uh, close out the rest of the game good on the defense there and good on the offense to really wind that game down if you just look at some of the box score stats for Notre Dame uh, there's some really good things there 62 percent run I mean the the run percentage is truly the strength of this team 
353 rushing yards alone, 8.1 yards per carry, 554 total yards of offense. It's really, really solid. We win by over two touchdowns, so that's really good too. But again, the defense, I can't say enough about the defense. All right, limiting our opponent in very little points in the second half. That's really, really good. Um, the toast this week is going out to Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. He had a huge, huge hit on Florida State's quarterback. He led with a shoulder, rocked him, rung his bell. I screamed out, lights out, bitch. It was great. He's going to need some ice, that guy. Um, also, Kyle Hamilton, my favorite player. Oh, man, that guy had eight tackles. And one thing I noticed is Florida State was keying on him. They knew he would be back. And if you, I haven't looked at this in detail, but I was noticing early in the game that they were throwing away from him. They were keying him. And it was almost like they were spying him. And they're like, okay, Kyle Hamilton's there. That takes out those receivers there. And they were overloading on one side and they were passing away from him. They were try, really trying to avoid Kyle Hamilton. And quite frankly, that was the right decision. It clearly didn't matter because our defense is doing really well. Tyreek Bracey and those guys kicking ass. So good on the defense. But the toast this week to Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Huge hit. That's exactly what we want our linebacker at Notre Dame to do. Tough physical football and instill fear into the quarterback, the running back, anyone on the opponent. Take them out. Keep it up. So it's my hope that Notre Dame is going to maintain that momentum as they face off against the Louisville Cardinal this week. Louisville is coming in at a uh, unimpressive 1-3 so far. They have losses to Miami, Pitt, and Georgia Tech. They have one win over Western Kentucky, who is also another 1-3 team. Louisville is coached by Scott Satterfield in his second year at Louisville. Last year was, of course, his uh, Louisville debut when Notre Dame played them the opening game. And uh, last year, the Louisville game, uh, we had just we were on our way back from Vegas, and we caught the first quarter from the Vegas airport. Um, and I, of course, was rocking all my Notre Dame gear as we're flying back home uh, after a Labor Day weekend in Vegas. And, um, yeah, that was Scott Satterfield's first game ever at Louisville and uh, was against Notre Dame, which, of course, was a loss for them. But Louisville, of course, is 0-3 versus Power 5 teams. Notre Dame, of course, is 2-0. Scott Satterfield has a win percentage at Louisville of .529, and his record at for his career as a head coach is 0.652. The previous six years, he was at Appalachia State and had a pretty pretty good record there. However, his win percentage is significantly less than Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly is right now sitting at 0.72 win percentage at Notre Dame and 0.715 for his career. Head-to-head, Notre Dame is and Brian Kelly are 1-0 versus Scott Satterfield. Notre Dame's four-year recruiting average, 13.25. Louisville, 43.8. So we have better win percentage for our coach and clearly better talent. That should be no surprise there. Notre Dame somehow falls to 16th in Sagarin. Louisville is sitting at 80. 
And I started thinking about this on my drive home today from work. And I think the reason why Notre Dame fell from 7th last week to 16th this week is because of our strength of schedule. Our strength of schedule is 66. It's it's not good. And I think it's because our current opponents that we've played, none of them have good records at all. It, it's not good. So uh, someone like Clemson, they have done a little better with their ACC schedule. Same with North Carolina, who's ranked above us in Sagarin. So... I think that's what's uh, what's driving that. But Notre Dame, like I said earlier, is fourth in the coaches poll and the AP poll, and that's really good. I'm not going to get too much into the stats because Notre Dame is better than Louisville in almost every category that I've been talking about these last few weeks. There are three categories that Louisville is better. That is red zone scoring percentage. Louisville scores 93% of the time they are in the red zone, they're ranked 15th in the nation. Notre Dame is 81%. Passing yards, that should be no surprise. Notre Dame is 57th in the country. That's not impressive. It's not required, but it's not impressive. They need to be in the 40s or 30s in their passing yards. They, they need to do a little better there. Um, but Louisville is sitting 32 ranked and averages 246 uh, yards passing. I think that's going to be shut down by the likes of my man, Kyle Hamilton, He's going to put them on lockdown. So uh, get ready, Louisville. You're in a world of hurt. And time of possession, Louisville is beating Notre Dame at 54% versus Notre Dame's at 52%. So something will give there. Some of the positives that Notre Dame continues to maintain this year. Notre Dame improves their scoring offense. They average 40 points per game, which is fantastic. Notre Dame's third down defense, they are holding their opponents to 18% conversion. That is second in the country right now. That is really, really good. Keep that up, Notre Dame. That is going to do very, very good things. Scoring defense is also very good, eighth in the country. Their opponents averaging 13 points a game. Tackles for loss. Notre Dame is ninth in the country. They have averaging nine tackles per loss per game. That's really awesome. And then sacks per game, we've got three. All right. All of those things I've just mentioned are better than the national champion average. So keep it up, Notre Dame. And rushing yards, last but not least, Notre Dame is fifth in the nation right now, averaging 270 yards per game on the ground. This is really good. Our run percentage is 62%. Louisville sitting at 57% rushing. So both are running the ball more, but Notre Dame is at that 62%. National champion average is around that 60 to 58%. So keep it up. And then my favorite stat, yards per point. Notre Dame, 11 yards per point. Their efficiency is better than Louisville, who's about 14.6. Teamrankings.com is giving Notre Dame a 91.4%. Why are we even talking about this, right? Notre Dame should win. Uh, it's not quite as uh, generous as the Florida State win percentage, which was 97% last week, but uh, this is still up there. Notre Dame is a 17-point favorite. We have to cover this spread. Come on, guys. Cover the spread, all right? Limit them to 14 or less points. That is what you've got to do, all right? Let's do it. get out there and do it. Um, so that's all I got for y'all this week. Um, Notre Dame, 
uh, is returning to its afternoon kickoff time at 2.30 on NBC. Looking forward to Tony Dungy. Uh, not so much Doug Flutie. Keep up the, uh, the shame of the Doug Flutie there. And have a great week, everyone. Enjoy the podcast early. And go Irish Beat Cardinals.